Welcome to the Happy Saver podcast. I'm Ruth, a blogger on personal finance in New Zealand. And on this podcast, I tell the stories of Kiwis and their experiences with the money in their lives. You'll hear helpful and relatable stories from Kiwis who are giving their tips and their points of view on personal finance right here in New Zealand. Now, personal finance is indeed deeply personal. And in this week's podcast, I spoke with Farrell and Chihiro, a Christchurch couple in their early 40s who are a great example of how to get two people with completely opposite money personalities on the same page. One was a spender, that was Farrell, and one was a saver that was Chihiro and it would have remained that way unless an ultimatum was given. Either shape up or ship out. But before I get started here is a quick message from today's sponsor. I'm excited to have Hatch supporting today's episode because for the first time they make investing in the US share markets easy and affordable for Kiwis. Hatch is Kiwi Wealth's digital investing platform. In fact, they are 100% Kiwi owned and operated by the Kiwi Group family, who are committed to helping Kiwis be as wealthy as they should be. Investing in exchange traded funds is an easy way to diversify your portfolio, and Hatch has hundreds of ETFs to choose from using the biggest fund managers like Vanguard, BlackRock, and Spider. Investors can also back their view of the future by investing in global mega trends. If you think plant-based proteins, robotics and electric cars will shape the world we live in, well, you can now invest in a company at the forefront of the trend or in an exchange-traded fund and get a stake in multiple companies leading the way. So to easily invest in the largest share markets in the world, head to hatch.as forward slash the happy saver. I actually first heard from Farrell when he emailed me, as many people do, asking a money-related question, and his question related specifically to index funds, and after speaking with him, I understood why he was asking. Now, at the end of his email, he actually let me know that he and his wife have a pretty interesting story that he thought that others might be able to learn from. I'm not sure if Chihiro was aware that he was volunteering them, but I'm pleased that she agreed. Now, generally conversations that start along the lines of, I've been emailing this random woman online tend not to end so well, but it was all good in this case. Now, these two met in 2004 in Christchurch. Farrell is from there and Chihiro, originally from Japan, was studying English in Christchurch and was also having a look around New Zealand. A few mutual friends thought that they might do a bit of matchmaking and they hit it off. They started dating and they've been together ever since. Today he is 43 and she is 42. And just to give a bit of a backstory, Farrell's dad, a Kiwi, worked for Air New Zealand and his mum, who was originally from Indonesia, is now a Kiwi working as a nurse. They were both very hard working, not in high paying jobs but in good jobs nonetheless and they often worked long hours and he would often stay with his grandparents, and in many ways, he says, they raised him as much as his parents did. After school finished, he headed to university to study engineering. He didn't really know what else to do. He had no real direction in his life, and as a result, he actually hated it. And partway through his second year, he heard about a paid avionics apprenticeship at Air New Zealand, and he applied, and he actually got the job. Now, this paid scheme was to end soon after, so luckily he just got in at the tail end of it and thus began a 16-year stint working for them in avionics engineering. And he said he was fixing the more electronic side of things on aeroplanes. He said it actually turned out to be quite a good job, but the business was very volatile due to our location at the bottom of the world. 
He was fixing planes for other airlines, and if those airlines are going to bring their planes to New Zealand to be fixed, well, it had better be financially worth it. There was always the stress hanging over their heads that there would be a downturn, and he constantly felt that his job was in jeopardy. And that came to pass when a new CEO came on board, and he was actually made redundant after 16 years. He was, and still is, part of a fitness group, and via that he met someone who was connected with NIWA, which is the National Institute of Water and Atmospherics, And they thought his skills were very transferable to what they do, so they took him on. And this was around 2013, and he left Air New Zealand with a redundancy that equated to six months of pay. Yet he started at the new job just one month later, so although it was a really stressful time, it was a bit of a financial win for him as well. For Chihiro, up until very recently she was working as a web developer, but has finished up with that for the time being and is looking around for her next career move. She said that she was born into an average income family and her parents divorced when she was in her mid-teens. Her mother's parents owned a small apartment so occasionally she saw a student come and stay and pay the rent and she was also aware that they had shares in a moving company and while still at primary school that gave her the idea to have some kind of investment one day, most likely by buying a house or an apartment in Japan. She decided that her 20s would be for saving money and that her 30s would be when she would be buying property. She had it all planned out and when she was 27 she came to New Zealand to study and travel and just have a good look around. And as we know the best laid plans can change and they frequently do. When these guys met she was living at a homestay and he was renting with other people and his digs were nothing to be proud of. By this time he'd been in New Zealand for many years. He started on a salary of about $40,000 and ended up on about 50k yet he had nothing to show for it. In fact, he also had consumer debt. His assets consisted of a car, a tiny single bed, a raggedy old sofa, a fridge that didn't seal so instead would freeze solid. He had paid for a new sofa, an iPad and a coffee table, of all things, on a cue card. Chihiro said that after they got together, disappointedly she could tell that he was a financial disaster. After one year of going out, she said that she could help him get his finances in order if he would consent to letting her help and if he would just listen to her and do what she advised. But even though in his gut he knew he was going nowhere fast with his money, he was actually going backwards. He did not want her intruding in his financial business. And this is despite knowing from the start that he knew that he could trust her. But despite this, he would not open up about it and nor did she share her own financial situation given the fact that he was a closed book about his. So he was never aware of what she had accumulated in her savings throughout her 20s, as was her plan. She could see he was struggling and they used to have many, many arguments because he was not good with money and she was frustrated because she knew that she could help him. They said that they always seemed to argue the most at 2am in the morning. That was when all of the things that had happened during the day had come together in her mind and Chihiro would stew on them and then bail him up about it. He reached a point where he was down to his last $500 before having to start borrowing money to top up his lifestyle. He'd started incurring late fees and he was paying rent late. He'd reached the point of searching under the cushions of the couch in the hope of finding money to pay his phone bill. It was 2007 and he knew he was in a hopeless place. He considers this time of his life his greatest financial flop. He had a good income with absolutely nothing to show for it. Farrell really wanted to get across to you and I just how stressful living that way was, never knowing if you had enough for the next expense and every expense being an expensive surprise, he had hit rock bottom and it was only then that he decided that he had to get on board and actually ask for help. 
Chihiro, in the meantime, was developing plans of her own. She had come to the point where she had to decide for herself what she wanted, whether to give up on him and leave him and go back to Japan for good. So she gave him an ultimatum. So the choice for him was to either get his finances in order or be on his own. She was fully prepared to leave him. Chihiro said that he surrendered and it was a huge relief to both of them when he finally did because she knew she could fix everything. He just needed to listen and learn and follow her lead. Farrell was still a little resistant to her changes because the changes she was suggesting were huge for him but he quickly realised it would be for the better. So they sat down and they went through all of his finances. They worked out where his money was coming from and where it was going to where he had been spending money and what exactly he had been buying. And they created a budget that accounted for every single dollar that came in and out of his life. He initially thought, who cares about the little ones? Let's just focus on the big stuff. But no, they tracked every single dollar and every single cent. He knew for the month ahead exactly where every dollar would be spent. She also put him on a cash allowance, which he still uses to this day, as does she. And for those of us who already keep a close eye on our money, this is very normal to someone who has only ever kept an eye on the FPOS terminal and if it says approved or declined, well this is a big change which initially feels like a lot of hard work. Initially he felt that a budget was too restrictive on his freestyling lifestyle, but just a couple of months in he realised how liberating it actually was for him. For him it used to be that every time a bill came in there was anxiety. But once he started budgeting, that stress was just gone because he knew he had planned ahead for each expense. He said that it actually only took him a month or two to settle into it. And when he realised he didn't have to worry about bills anymore because they were taken care of, that was when it started to hit home that it was making tangible improvements in his life and it was removing stress. And Farrell's main motivator became to be stress-free. And they discovered that a lot of the things he was spending money on were just what he referred to as stupid things, like the coffee he stopped and bought every single day on his way to work. He was reluctant to give things like this up, but once he did give it up, he discovered that actually going out for a coffee, sitting down in a cafe, actually became a treat, not just part of his routine, which he was barely even aware of doing, and he began to actually look forward to the experience itself. So they went through all his regular bills like electricity or his rent and phone and they figured out the maximum that he had spent over the previous year and then they broke that figure down into a monthly one. They based his monthly allowance for that expense on the max month he had experienced, such as a winter month for his power. And that way he always had money available. For any month that it came in cheaper, well, the excess was moved off into a savings account and they did this for every single regular bill. He started budgeting in 2007 and he really knuckled down and embraced this new way of handling money and it impacted every part of his life. Prior to this he was buying exclusively name brands at the supermarket because they're far better, right? But when they set out his budget, Chihiro introduced him to buying budget brands such as Pam's and the like. Initially he was resistant before he discovered that they tasted the same or sometimes were even better, except for the peanut butter. He's still struggling with that one, but he said if you um, put home brand peanut butter on your toast, and squish a banana on the top then it tastes just fine. Now they also started eating at home a lot more and there were two reasons for this. One it was um, obviously cheaper but the other one was that his health was suffering and he had let himself go physically. Eating out all the time will do that to your waistline. He joined a fitness group which he remains part of to this day and it's a group of very social and successful people and it continues to motivate him to exercise. 
He also gave the thumbs up to a dining out budget that was far, far smaller than it used to be. Once again, now instead of eating out all the time as routine, they planned a night out together or a lunch out together and they enjoyed it far more as a treat and a fun experience. And as Farrell began to embrace this new way of doing things, Chihiro gave up little bits of information along the way too. He could obviously tell that she had it sorted, but he didn't know to what degree. From Chihiro's point of view, she was still reluctant to divulge because the changes in him were new and she didn't want to tell him too much in case he stopped trying so hard himself and instead wanted to borrow money from her. And what I picked up from this is that once the trust in a relationship has been tested or broken, it really does take a while to build it back up again. They reached a tipping point where he was a convert to better fiscal management and that he was simply not that buy now, worry about it later person anymore. That person who spent every cent and more than he earned. He said that he is completely into frugality now, and he has what he called that Dave Ramsey mindset. And for those who don't know who he is and want to get their shit together, just Google him. He is a massive proponent of not being rubbish with money. In 2009, they married. She was happy to just head to the registry office, but he wanted romance. So they settled on a wedding party of seven, and they all went to Thailand for their nuptials, which she pointed out she paid for. And neither could see the point of spending as much as some people do on a wedding, where the bride and the groom just get so stressed out about money, and they deal with the financial hangover of that for years to come. So their wedding and their holiday and their honeymoon cost $7,000 in total. He said it was the most super relaxed day. They spent the morning in the pool, got glammed up, were driven to the most beautiful Golden Beach for the ceremony, went out to a fabulous dinner with their family, and it was simple, relaxed, and best of all for Farrell, romantic. Very quickly after starting and sticking to the new budgets that Chihiro had helped him set up, he began to have surplus money for the very first time in his life. He was keeping a detailed record of every purchase on a shared Google spreadsheet that they began to develop and they still use today. And he started to save this money into a specific account earmarked house deposit. By 2010, he had saved $30,000 to put towards a house deposit. So in under three years, he had gone from a negative net worth to being able to save $10,000 each year, which has got to be thought of as pretty impressive, right? And by this time, Chihiro realized that he had changed for good. She said that she told him things on a need-to-know basis because she didn't want to overload him with too much information because that would overwhelm him. Therefore, when he had reached the milestone, she told him, right, now we are going to buy a house together. In 2010, they purchased their first home together in Christchurch after a three-month search. They had decided on a maximum budget of $300,000. Together they'd done the math and worked out what they could realistically afford on their incomes and then they shopped around the banks, many of whom were offering them silly money, offering them a lot more than they felt comfortable with. But they said ANZ Bank did their own due diligence and came back to them with a similar number to what they had in their own minds, so they ended up going with them. They found a house, they fell in love with it, but the asking price was 315000 so they put in their best offer of $300,000 and they negotiated back and forth without reaching an agreement. Farrell was ready to relent and pay 310 or 305 or whatever would secure them the house. Chihiro said, absolutely no way are we going over our budget. They finally settled on $300,000 but they had to take possession in just two weeks which was too soon for them to end their rental lease. So the agent that they were with, from Harcourts actually, uh, they came to the party and paid their rent for two to three weeks so that they could get the sale. 
so they paid their $300,000 and not a penny more. To this day, they keep separate finances with some joint accounts. They each put in a $30,000 deposit towards the house, making a total of $60,000, meaning a mortgage of $240,000, of which they would pay $120,000 each. And remember she said she would spend her 20s saving for a house? Well, she did, meaning that she paid her $120,000 up front, leaving him the remainder of $120,000 to pay. From the get-go, he aggressively went about doing this. Six months after moving into their house in the eastern suburbs, remarkably close to where Johnny and I uh, used to live actually, the earthquakes began in Christchurch. For those not from there, the earthquakes first began on September the 4th, 2010, and over many years, they really did a good job of wrecking the city of Christchurch. During this time, they said that the community spirit of their suburb was amazing, and they were also able to remain living in their damaged home and retain their jobs. However, their house was assessed as being uneconomic to repair, meaning that after a lengthy, but he said relatively smooth, assessment process, their house was completely demolished and rebuilt in 2015-2016. For seven months while this was happening, they moved into a small flat, and I didn't ask, so have assumed, that this rent was most likely also covered by the insurance, as this was the case for myself and Johnny, who were also a rebuild. He said that having the house that they already loved, he said our sunny wee house, uh, completely rebuilt but with modern materials was incredible and an example of how such an unfortunate and catastrophic event can eventually swing in your favour. I think the moral of the story here is to hope for the best and prepare for the worst and please, please make sure you are adequately insured in your own home. Just as Chihiro stayed in a homestay when she came to New Zealand, they also provide a home to young Japanese women who come out to spend time here to study. Over all the years they've owned a home, and I think even when they flatted together actually, they have had a string of Japanese visitors. Their current person, they only ever have one at a time, has been with them for two years, and if and when she leaves, they'll happily advertise for another, with both of them saying that they've always met wonderful people and they are the best housemates that you could ever ask for. They pay on time about $140 per week, keep to themselves, care for their room, cook for themselves. Sometimes they do things together, but for the most part they are happy doing their own thing. Plus, when Farrell and Chihiro go away, their boarder stays home and looks after the cat. And when this happens, they charge her no rent that week because she's helping them out. I actually looked on the IRD website, and because they charge below $270 each week, this is non-taxable income, and I think it's such an excellent way to provide a home for someone and create a small income for yourself. Using this newfound superpower around money, Farrell was aggressively paying down as part of the mortgage, and when Farrell's redundancy from Air New Zealand occurred in about 2013, he threw his redundancy payment of six months of his salary at the mortgage, and by 2013, they owned their own home outright. So by my reckoning, that's three and some years from start to finish. And just think about that. What a turnaround from a financial mess in 2007 to owning a home in 2013. Chihiro thinks that her greatest financial triumph was actually getting Farrell to budget, and in doing so, she helped him turn his financial life 180 degrees, making them both mortgage-free before 40. It's so achievable, but you have to be focused and intentional to make it happen. And to celebrate, they went to Melbourne for a quick holiday and tracked down the fanciest restaurant that they could find, and they had a five-hour celebratory dinner in a Michelin-star restaurant. So once the mortgage was almost paid off, 
Chihiro let him in on the next part of her plan. She said next we're going to start saving and investing, which is where they are at today. He said that as they sit today, they can discuss anything now. There are no secrets and they have regular money conversations and are both completely upfront about where they are at and where they are going. They still go through their spending on his credit card and checking account to make sure that everything is accounted for. And you may think that once you've changed your behaviour, then you can just be on autopilot and just let this new routine take over. Well, not so. And personally, I still budget each and every month as well. It's just the best way to make sure that you are not wasting money and that you are financially prepared for things that are coming up. There are few or no surprises that can derail you because of an unexpected event. The three main financial habits or things that they just automatically do are number one, that they put every single purchase into their budget. Number two, they do have a credit card with a limit of just $500 and they not only pay it off in full each month, they actually pay it off daily, which is unusual, but hey, personal finance is personal. So if he buys petrol on the credit card, he gets the points and then he transfers money over to it that night to clear it in full. So number three, they each use cash allowances which are just for them. For example, he allows himself $150 a week. $40 of that goes towards his fitness group and the remaining $110 is for his meals out and for any that is left over, it's saved up towards a bigger ticket item that he might be aiming to get. She has been giving herself an $80 cash allowance but has recently slashed it down to $20 due to not working. Can you see how intentional they both are? If the circumstances change, the budget is adjusted to reflect this. Now they didn't know their exact figure, although it would not be hard to work out from their spreadsheets if they did want to know it, but they think that their yearly expenses are about thirty dollars to $40,000 a year. They reckon they only need about $17,000 to cover the bare essentials and the rest is extras like holidays, dining out and what have you. Now knowing this figure is really important because if the going ever does get tough, you know where and how you can cut if you need to. Now I was worried that he is out having fun with his higher allowance and she's stuck at home, but fear not, they may have separate finances, but they are a loving married couple. After her redundancy at work, Chihiro took her own allowance down to $20 as she really only spends money when they go out together on weekends and they have shared budgets for clothes and entertainment and fancy restaurants. So really her needs are already taken care of and the $20 a week is just a bit of fun money. They are both homebodies. They like to do a lot of walking and talking and biking and playing computer games, finding cheap and delicious places to eat, which is not hard to do in Christchurch as there seem to be a million eateries there. And they make use of um, the likes of First Table and the Entertainment Book and they really pay full price for a meal out. The allowance system that they have designed is personal to each of them, but agreed by both of them if you like, and I cringe when I hear of someone being granted an allowance by a spouse when it seems like a form of control, but that is certainly not the case here. He is currently earning about $60,000 and she is currently enjoying a break from working as a web designer, and she is looking for work, but once the pressure of having to meet payments comes off, you are much more able to search for a job that you love, not just having to take the first one that comes along. Now working in web development, it's crucial that she stay up to date with every latest tech development and that can become a bit tiresome, so who knows, she might turn and go in a completely new direction. Time will tell. When you feel financially secure, you can take time off work to work out your options and being made redundant ceases to be a huge deal. Now they keep a joint account which Chihiro manages and from this they pay joint expenses but they also keep their own separate accounts and they have created a system that is unique to them and works perfectly well for them. 
I asked Chihiro if this was a common arrangement back home in Japan, but she said, no, not really. It's common for couples to have joint finances, but a lot of Japanese think that they should live off one wage, often the husband's, and save all of the other wage, which I think is a great idea. In Japan, it is not the done thing to discuss money. It's viewed as being greedy and even evil, which she thought was strange because the Japanese do have a much better money culture and nowhere near the debt culture that the New Zealanders tend to have. There is no one here that they really talk about money with. They just keep it between themselves. They have tried to broach the subject with others, but have had no success, sadly. Keep at it, guys. You'll get there. Uh, Since being together, travel has been a big part of their lives. Chihiro goes to Japan every two years to visit family and friends, and he goes with her every four years. And in between, they try to do a trip somewhere overseas. They are both real foodies when they travel, but they take their budget with them, eating the cheapest and the most delicious food that they can find. The next destination for them is Vietnam. So when I asked them the question of, if you were given $10,000 right now, what would you do with it? They immediately said they would put some money towards this trip and they would invest the rest. So they've now been debt-free since 2013, about six years, and during that time they have systematically saved by automatically putting money into savings, meaning they've managed to put $300,000 aside while still enjoying a wonderful life with their intention being to become millionaires by the time they retire. Now this is a fantastic effort, plus their house has appreciated in value during that time. So I had to ask them, where have they been putting this money? Both of them are in KiwiSaver. He has only just joined recently, so only has $20,000, and she joined a while ago, just putting in the minimum and has tucked away about $40,000. But he straight up admitted that he needed to change his funds because he is in one of the ANZ's default funds. I know, I know, he said I'm being lazy. Now, I can't sugarcoat this, I'm afraid, Farrell, but yes, you are and you do need to change. By remaining in a default fund, you are missing out on returns, also known as money. So hopefully by now, because he had started looking to change when we spoke, he has changed to a far better fund. It's a shame he didn't join when it began, but better late than never. The majority of their money is tied up into a variety of term deposits, and this had been their plan until they worked out where else to put it, which was right about the point that he first emailed me. And much more recently, they have started investing with index funds via Superlife, and their plan now is to build up this part of their portfolio. They have had the standard conversation of, should we buy a rental property? But while she is interested, he is not. And he credits clearing their mortgage as his biggest financial victory because it meant that they were entirely debt-free, and he never wants to have any debt of any sort ever again. He wants his investments to be as debt-free, hassle-free, tenant-free, maintenance-free and above all as diversified as possible. And in a way, they are already in the rental market because they are using their house to create an income via having a homestay person with them. He is happy in his job. He can see himself working happily into retirement. Why not if you're doing something you enjoy? Chihiro is slightly on hold at the moment as she lines up her next role but both of them have peace of mind that they will be financially independent by the time retirement rolls around in about 20 years' time. So what books, blogs or podcasts would they recommend to you and I? Will they really recommend The Millionaire Next Door book and also the Financial Independence and Personal Finance subreddits, which is a New Zealand-specific one on reddit.com? He likes the site because he said that when you need a financial concept explained, with just a quick answer, you can often find it here. And a New Zealand blog he likes is Your Money Blueprint. They read and respect anything written by Mary Holm and Martin Hawes, and they like the Choose FI podcast and also the Dave Ramsey one. 
Before I wrap up, I have another quick message from today's sponsor. Thanks again to Hatch for supporting the Happy Saver. Whether you are new to investing or an experienced investor, for the first time Hatch gives Kiwis easy and affordable access to the most recognisable companies via the US share markets. With no minimum investment, fair and transparent fees, they are 100% Kiwi owned and operated and they let you and I invest in the most exciting and recognisable companies in the world. So to easily invest in the largest share markets in the world, head to hatch.as forward slash the happy saver. Getting two people with very opposing views around money onto the same page is no easy task. Years of Chihiro leading by her own example, coaxing and cajoling seemed to fall on deaf ears and I think it was the fact that she finally gave him an ultimatum right at about the same time that he hit rock bottom was when he finally reached his own aha moment. His point of deciding, I've had enough of this, something has to change and I think it needs to be me. If you find that you are being obstinate in the face of logic when you have a partner who is trying to help, maybe take a leaf out of Farrell's book and listen to what they have to say in the future. Hey, maybe even go and make them a cup of coffee right now and sit down and just start to have a chat about things. Switching gears to investing after reaching a debt-free repayment milestone takes a lot of work. Both of them went on a journey of getting Farrell on board, getting him out of debt, getting him saving, and then they both went about becoming debt-free. But working out what to do with your money after that is a pretty tricky thing in New Zealand. I think that is why so many people just seem to fall into buying a rental property. What else are we taught to do here except buying more property? During our conversation, he said that they've been suffering from analysis paralysis and trying to decide where to invest their money. But he said that he thinks they are now both happy to take the plunge into three to four index funds and also investing into their Kiwi savers. And aside from having a cash buffer close at hand in case of emergencies, for many people who are debt free, this is about three to six months of living expenses, which is just kept as cash in the bank. Then your money is better off working somewhere for you where it can earn a decent return. Now that they know where they're headed, they are really looking forward to fast-tracking their road to financial independence. And to end, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to Chihiro and Farrell for speaking with me, and their parting advice for others is to just know where every single dollar is going, and stealing a quote from Dave Ramsey who said, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of you wondering where it went. Budgeting every single dollar has worked for them and they said that the sooner you know exactly where all of your money is going, the better. Tell it where to go instead of just letting it disappear. So that's all from me this week. I'll be back next week with another money journey of another Kiwi. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do hit subscribe and it will automatically update in your podcast app each time I release a new episode. Now, if you want to get in touch, you can find me at thehappysaver.com and I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do share this with your friends. These are the best ways that people can learn about my podcast and I would love it if you would talk more about money with your own friends and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving.